and we're live. Yay. Hey there, Wana fan. Before we get started, as always, we want you to know that this is not a normal podcast. This podcast is a voice for you. This is your podcast, and we want to be the place you go to each week to listen, laugh, and feel loved and supported. It's not about us. It's about you. What that means is we need your involvement. We need your feedback by commenting on our YouTube channel, uh, rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud. Apparently, we're on Player FM now, so go check that out. Um, shout us out on your social media. Uh, email wearenoalamo at gmail.com. Everything helps. You're the creators of this podcast content, and that allows for growth and support to anyone at any time for any reason. Lastly, since you've been listening, know that sometimes we make light or may joke about suicide, death, and other difficult mental health issues. Sometimes... I mean, I've been there with my bipolar and my depression, and I'm sure many of you have too. Sometimes it can be able to, it can be better to talk about the dark stuff when there's a little laughter involved, but we want you to know that we do take your mental health extremely seriously. And if you're having suicidal thoughts or a plan, please call 1-800-273-TALK or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They provide 24-7 assistance and support to people in crisis situations. This podcast is about opening up the conversation. And if it's your first time listening, welcome to the WANA fam. Remember, we want you to stay with us, and you're alone alone, because we are no Alamo. All right. Hey there, everybody. And welcome to another episode of We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. I am excited for this episode, because we have a special guest host, my dear friend, Taylor. Hi, Hi Taylor. Hey. Thank you for being with me on the podcast today, and as always, Donnie. What's up, Donnie? Hey. How's How it going? How you doing? Everything good? Okay. So, Taylor, when was the last time that we saw each other, do you think? Oh, man. Probably almost 10 months ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like a long time ago. Been a long, long time. I know. So... <laughs> um. Taylor and I met in intensive outpatient therapy. So she is also a skillful friend of mine. We've kept in touch, um, checked in every so often. But she has been so mindful in her life after IOP and reaching out to you and being like, you want to come on the podcast and share your story? And you were so, <laughs> uh, like, grateful and willing to do it. And, like, I know, but <laughs> people need to hear your story. And I'm excited oh, to hear man. it, too. I tell people when they come on all the time, like, we're not really going to talk until we get on the podcast because it's got to be legit, right? <laughs> so before we get into that, thank you again for being on. Uh, we're going to do our wanna weigh-in. And today, our wanna weigh-in is about pop culture, Pete Davidson, and Ariana Grande. Yes. Okay, I'm done. I know. Oh, bye, Donnie. Man. It's only going to take later. a couple minutes. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. So I just, I love that now in pop culture and on the news that everyone is really opening up about their mental health issues and their struggles. And Pete Davidson, the SNL writer and character on Saturday Night Live, her, him and Ariana Grande got engaged and they broke up. Apparently... It was in a span of like four months too. Yeah, right? Yeah. So they broke up and apparently Pete has been being bullied and it has triggered his bipolar disorder and his depression and has triggered his suicidal ideation mm -hmm. so let's weigh in like the bullying aspect and the triggering aspect have you ever experienced like a trigger like that and how did you get through it taylor you know that's a really good question um 
I can't say that I have been really triggered by by bullying. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see how that can trigger some people. Yeah. Um, definitely with bullying nowadays, it is more difficult to get a hand on and to fully understand. Mm-hmm. Um, not only do we have uh, like like Facebook or Instagram, it's more of social apps that are can maybe compound the yeah, triggering like system of it. Like people like will no longer necessarily go to your face. Yeah. It's more they have this veil of keyboard. Yeah. And I think it's way more dangerous and like and people can't really just stop. Know, just stop. Yeah, stop it. Because my point of view. Yeah, definitely. Um, because when someone shows you that this is happening to them, this is a real thing, it's mentally a broken bone. I have a question. So when they, yeah, when they ask, stop. Okay. Yes, Donnie. Um, All in one away. Yeah. I like to, you know how I like to do on this podcast, I like to usually be the one wing and the opposite side of the spectrum. Devil's advocate. Why are you whispering? Um, I don't know. I, I'm doing my... I like to be the devil's advocate. I'm doing my Luther Vandross voice right now. Um, devil's certificate. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. You know what I think? No. I think that this guy is using real people with real problems and putting himself in that bracket just to get media attention. And there's still that as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean look at this for a second. Any publicity is... Think, yeah. about, think about this right now. Like, this guy is happy-go-lucky, making fun of all these people a few weeks before that. Talk about beating bullying. Like, he was making fun of people on SNL. Like, I'm not mistaken on that, right? Like, he was definitely on there. Yeah, I think that's what up. SNL is kind of about. You just, like... Yeah. yeah. But roast like, people. He roasts people. I think he roasts... He actually... I remember... Yeah, him distinctly making a joke to Ludacris about Paul Walker after he died. I thought you said you didn't even know anything about Pete Davidson. Well, I know that because... Liar! Because I I loved Paul Walker. I loved loved him as like an actor, and I remember distinctly hearing about that in the news, and I was like, this guy's an asshole for doing that, because it was... And even Ludacris was like, dude, you're taking it too far for a roast. Um... So yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't buy this guy's shit. I think that he's just trying to get media attention right now. I think there's people out there that have real issues, real, like... I honestly think that Ariana Grande, more than anything else, has probably got a lot going on more mentally right now because her ex-boyfriend killed, like, died from yeah. a drug overdose. And also, she was doing that concert when all those people got shot. So, like, there's true. a lot going on in her I bet head, she has I PTSD, like, for real. But again, that's just speculation. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying what I think. She's got a lot of the publicity right now. He doesn't. Whatever happened between them. But I know that recently she lost somebody that was extremely close to her. Mm-hmm. And... And then with the whole bombing, like she's been going through, like, I don't know if it's bad luck or, you know, like, but it's pretty crazy what she's been, what she's been seeing so far. So, yeah. All right. That was a good one away. I like it. I like pop culture, even though Donnie, you think it's weird, but it's fine. All I right. Think it's weird. It's all right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> Taylor. Yes. It's all about you, oh, ma'am. Man. Now I'm put on the spot. I am so excited. You're not put on the spot. You've been practicing this for all week. I mean, you did all your research that I sent in that email. Yeah. You coped ahead. You're really good. Okay, so introduce us. Where are you from? How did you get here? Well. When did you get diagnosed? All that good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am from California. 
I moved to Texas when I was nine years old, more specifically Houston. I will admit I do not like Houston. But... I'm not a fan either. Okay, good. My sister lives in Houston. Oh, shout out Christian and Pierre. <laughs> uh, but um, I was struggling for a bit uh, growing up. Uh, never really thought about it. Never really thought about going to a therapist or or a psychiatrist for everything. Because um, you don't really know that those are your resources when you like first yeah. start feeling like shit. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed earlier this year with borderline personality disorder. Um, I don't necessarily struggle with it a hundred percent now that I've gotten sober. Yeah. And clean. So I'm, really I'm so proud of you. And yes. in 10 days, it's going to be eight months. Yep. Yay. Eight months. High five. <laughs> That's incredible, Taylor. Like, it really is. And just to interject real quick, I met Taylor in intensive outpatient. I think I said that before. But uh, when yeah. she was there, I think it was like a whole group of women, right? And she was going through one some. Yeah, one guy. But I think he was gay, right? So he was like on board too. I think he was. I don't know. I thought he talked about his girlfriend or whatever. Oh, oh this girl that broke his heart. Yeah, 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 that, that guy. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, we were all on Taylor's side because she was going through a situation where she couldn't get some stuff out of her apartment. And so we were like, we were like, hurry, whoever gets out of IOP first, go save Taylor. Go get her stuff. <laughs> and even our social worker was like, guys, I'm not going to tell you not to do anything, but the... <laughs> And then Taylor came to IOP like a couple days later, like, you give me stuff. We're like, yeah! <laughs> we oh did all. <laughs> that I was... enough of it. I was tired. It was like three months. Oh, it wasn't sucks. even, yeah, it was like three months. I was trying to get it back prior to IOP. I tried to go into the hospital. And it oh, was yeah. just, it was extreme, yeah. honestly. It was, in my <laughs> opinion, None of that needed to happen. No, it didn't. That's why we were all like, <laughs> it what? It could have been an easy exchange. Like, hey, yeah. can I just grab my dresser or this or that? Let's do Dear Man. Let's describe, yeah. accurately describe, yeah, check like the facts. Dear Man. Like, yeah. The person finally was just like, you know what? Fine. Come get it. I was like, you know what? No. This is the time I'm coming. This time, 9 p.m. I'm coming. I will be outside. My dresser was the outside, but then I had to call him. Just, just like, um, all right, so let's uh, let's rewind <laughs> to the very beginning. Okay, when did you decide that you were going to go into the hospital and start this whole process? Um, this eight month process. Dang. I know, um, right? When I decided to go to the hospital for my mental wellness, health. Um, I was in a pretty bad place. I was honestly drinking a lot and I also have pretty severe depression along with anxiety. Um, and you're in good company. I know. I know. I know. And I, stop. (laughs) We're so on our baseline right now. It's fine. (laughs) Baseline. Um, but I, just was not feeling too hot. I, um, I think a day or two prior to going to the hospital, I started self-harming again. Um, and it was pretty bad. And I just finally told my dad, I was like, dad, like, I don't want to be on earth anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Like, I don't want to be alive. Yeah. You know, like I just want to disappear 
and not have to wake up. That's pretty incredible that you went to your dad about that. Yeah. Because that's the first, like, asking for help and then realizing that there's going to be a yes or no yeah. with that, and that's scary. And what hurt was that he started crying. Like he, was it the first he time that he it. knew that yeah. you were self-harming? This is He didn't know. They didn't. My parents didn't know throughout my course of, like, my self-harming, like, growing up. Um, but... And they didn't know that I was self-harming. They just, he just knew that I just didn't want to be alive. Yeah. And, you know, he's trying so hard to hold the tears back. Yeah. And, you know, talk. And I really hear you because my family didn't know about my self-harming behavior until I think this year. Yeah. And it started in sixth grade. No, same here. You know? Yeah. So that was a big deal. And I think it definitely changed the conversation between, it makes it so much more real because with mental yeah. health, you know this. It's like that comic strip that we got in IOP, right? Yes. Like, don't take your diabetes medicine. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Or don't mend that broken leg. It'll grow back like this. It's oh, like, my no. So it's <laughs> yes. like self-harming all of a sudden is like an external um, showing of what's going on mentally. That you're hurting. Exactly. You're in pain. Yes. So, yeah. So that's good. So next. So I went to the hospital um, that day. I just remember for probably like the four days um, after I told him, I just remember just getting worse. Yeah. Just how I felt just, just being stuck in a hole almost and not really being able to get out. Like you see this light and it doesn't matter how hard you try to climb, you just keep falling back down. Exactly. Um, but I just remember calling my dad and I just told him, I was like, dad, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, after I hung up, I sat there and just started to self-harm again. Yeah. And both my parents rushed back. Um, and I think that was the day that. Like we really need to help our daughter. Yeah. Like we went to the hospital mm-hmm. and I couldn't even tell like that the nurse or whoever sits at the desk of a hospital in the ER. Yeah. Like why? Like my parents had to walk away before I could fully open up and tell them. Tell me about when I like, went I to the hospital. To like that's what I want. Yeah. They put me in like where they put the drunk people yeah. like with, and my mom couldn't be there. My boyfriend couldn't be there. Like I was in this holding pen and I was like, I'm suicidal. Like, why are you going to lock me in a room with like yeah. no socks? Come on now. <laughs> I need socks. I know, right? <laughs> Wait, what? No socks? What are you talking about? Well, some places don't give you socks. Yeah, and it's cold. Why is, that in a re- the is there a reason for that? I don't know. They're, I don't know. Maybe like hide things in health socks. Resources. I mean, mental. <laughs> we don't. We don't know. It was like a spirit. I mean, when I was in the hospital, my mom. It took her twenty four hours to give me a blanket because I had to go through all of yeah. the like TSA mental health hospital oh, shit, man. dude. I just remember. You know. On UT campus too at their hospital. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, ALH. I think so. I don't know. Austin Lakes. No. What you were in the UT one? I was in the. I went to the emergency room on UT campus because they were the only one that had a psychiatric unit. Aren't they with Seton? Yes, they are with Seton. And from there, I just remember them giving me a high dosage of anti-anxiety, calm me down, just 
almost knock me out. Yeah. And I just remember being woken up at probably nine in the morning and barely being strapped. To Were they bed. getting your vitals? <laughs> like, no. did you wake up to getting your vitals? The first night in the hospital, that's what I, I woke up to with them. Like, like, good morning. And I like almost punched the fucking guy. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm already mentally unstable right now. You're going to walk in here with a beeping machine and put on a blood pressure cuff. Like, what up? <laughs> And they're so loud, too, just getting into the room, especially if it's a sliding door. You yeah. You go over that little bump. <laughs> a lot of just shaking noises from the machines. Dude, I just, I, I for like, anyone who hasn't it. been in a mental health hospital, like, this is what it's like. I have, I go have, walk my, the halls. My story with the mental health facility is it's it's more of an accident more than anything else. I uh, When I was younger, I got into a really big, really bad argument with my dad. Okay. And we were, like, in the middle of the street. You know, we were in a very, like nosy town uh woodmere new york which is like really just like nosy nosy like wait it's what do you hear in new york woodmere oh so what do you hear in new york wait what because you said it's a gossipy town oh yeah what do you hear so i see where you're going (laughs) right over my head bad Um, almost pun yeah so and we got into like a really like a highly like a, a debate and and going back and forth and i one of the people came outside one of the neighbors came outside and I was like, what would you rather me do? Like, kill myself? Yeah. And she called the cops. And the cops showed up and were like, the neighbor said that you said that you were going to kill yourself. And I was like, well, that no. I was in. It's like, well, you feel like you need to do yourself harm right now. And I'm like, no, I told my dad. Like, Are I you should danger kill, to yourself or I should, others? I should kill, my, I should kill myself. That. I'm such a problem right now. Do you, I should kill myself. And they were like, that's enough. And they took me and put me in the, the patrol car. An ambulance showed up. And they were like, by over there, maybe it's different. That's involuntary protocol. They literally yeah. put me forcefully in the ambulance. My dad came out and was like, no, don't take him. We were just arguing. They put me in, strapped me in. I'm, I'm surrounded by these people. They're taking my blood pressure. Tony, thanks for sharing this. This is the first time. Yeah, it was, like, it was like wild. And I'm sitting there I'm like, this is not that serious. Like, I'm okay. Then the guy's like, I'm going to give you something to calm down. And I just passed out. Woke up. And I was in a place like. It was in a hospital, and there was, like, legitimately people around me that needed to be there, yeah. and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I, they sat me – like, they had me wait this really long time. They sat me down in front of this doctor. The doctor was like, do you feel like doing yourself harm today? Like, do you feel like – and I was like, dude, it was just an argument with my dad. Like, <laughs> I'm okay. And, and All their training so says, that, though, whenever they yeah. hear that. So that, yeah. was the, that was the only ever experience I had with – the mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was pretty scary, but it also opened my eyes to how much money is not put into there. Mm-hmm. Cause it was really like grungy and like, there was people working there that they seemed like they didn't give a shit about the people walking around there. Hello. Products. High five Taylor. So uh, <laughs> who's your tech? Who's your nurse? I don't fucking know. No one wears name tags. I don't know. They Again. just have our pictures in a clipboard. Like, oh yeah, that's her. I don't know <laughs> if that's go to, to the med station. You just see your photo. You don't yeah. And I didn't even get. I didn't even get that deep into it like you guys did. But I, I can. I can it's only imagine. Her. Goes back to the com- <laughs> Goes back to the conversation that we had a couple episodes past where we were talking about how they don't spend enough money into that, into the programs, into and it's like if you actually go into one of these facilities, which I went in by accident. Mm-hmm. You guys were in there because obviously for right cause. In there, even by accident, I was just like taken back, like wow, this and place think is a about shit it, hole. Like in a, a fragile state of mind where you really need this help, but then you were forcefully taken involuntarily. Like to me, that caused such a PTSD trigger that I think it 
made me stay in the hospital for like two more days. Just oh, to, I'm like, never gonna talk about killing myself ever again anywhere. Like, yeah. I'll do yeah. it in like my bathroom in the bathtub. Like, I'm kill myself. Did anybody hear me? I like, just shit in the tub. <laughs> I don't want to kill myself though. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. it's wild. So. so back to you, Taylor. Yes. So your personal message. What do you feel people in your situation should know or expect with therapy and recovery? And should they expect a timeline or not? What's your healing experience been like? Never really goes away. Yeah, it never really does go away. Like, you can't really expect a timeline. I mean, I'm, I'm still a roller coaster. Yeah. I still have my moments. Um, but definitely going through, like, rehab and all that. Yeah. Um, and sobering up and not using, like, alcohol or drugs to cover up how I'm truly feeling yeah. has helped a ton. That's so good. So now it's easier for me now to like control a lot of like my emotions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When before I was just like, spin the wheel. Let's see what emotion you get. Dude, so <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, do you remember A plus two equals purple? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so everyone, hold it up. Raise it high. So <laughs> A plus. Oh, look how cute that is. Thank you. All right. For everyone on YouTube, A plus two equals purple. Our social worker, she said this one day, and that's why Taylor and our good friend Gail, um, she's been on the podcast before, um, Body Positivity Depression. Go check out that episode. Fabulous. She's an amazing person. Um, We all got A plus two equals purple tattoos on our body. Taylor's is on her arm. Mine is on my side. And uh, where did Gail put hers? Yeah, she put it. I think she did it herself, right? Yeah, like on her on her leg. Did she finally finish it? Yeah, she did. <laughs> so we all three have these. But basically, our social worker said, you know, like understanding mental health is kind of like saying A plus two equals purple. Like they make sense mm-hmm. in each part, but together the equation doesn't make sense. So you like every day you treat your symptoms and you do your best to radically accept that you have something that can be perceived as a broken bone, but is not a sign of fragility. Which also reminds me, like, another meaning behind it is the same way with, like, addiction and alcoholism. Yeah, tell me. Like, it's it's something that I'm going to suffer with for the rest of my life. It's not not necessarily suffer, but it's something yeah, that... Yeah, then we learn, like, with. suffering is optional, but pain is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, for me, I live it day by day. I mean, yeah. I'm going to always... I'm going to have cravings still. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might disappear one day, but I know that if I put that bottle to my lips, I put that, put a pipe to my lips. I, you know, anything. All your work is done. It's all gone. It's out the door. After a week, you're right back where you left off. Yeah. And so, so are you in um like a halfway house or a rehab? Like, how does that work after you get out of rehab? So, I guess you can consider it a halfway house. It is sober living. Sober um, living. Okay. Yeah. I want to learn the taxonomy because I don't I say mental illness. I say am I. Like, I don't yeah. like that kind of yeah. thing connected to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's similar in a way. Do you have roommates? Yes, I do. I have like eight other roommates. Holy cow. It's like yeah. a hostel. Yeah. Like a sober <laughs> living hostel. Well, you know, what they, you know what they say? You know what Nietzsche said, right? Nietzsche? Nietzsche. What? To live is to suffer, but to survive is to find a meaning of suffering. Oh my gosh! If Matthew was here, he would have to change his pants. He loves <laughs> Ni- he loves Nietzsche. It may, I mean, it makes sense though, right? 
Think hey, Matthew, it. if you're watching. Shout out to Matthew. Miss you, co-host. Probably, probably, the, only thing, <laughs> probably the only thing that me and him both agree on. <laughs> I know, right? Theory. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's it's totally, um, it, it, the quote itself is life, you know? Right. Like, you're always going to suffer, but it's to find the meaning of it all that it makes the suffering worth it. Like you, like you're, you're, you're going to probably be dealing with this the rest of your life. Like you said, right. But I think the point is not necessarily if you look at it in a way that every time you go through it and you break through it, you become a better person or you break through that mold. The suffering was worth it. It is definitely. I mean, especially the suffering you go through when detoxing. Yeah. How was that? What is it like? I mean, I've well, I've seen the commercials where it's like, if I get off opiates in front of people, then if that's going to help somebody, then whatever. Have you seen those commercials? No, I haven't. All right. It's kind of, <laughs> it's like intervention in a four-way stop on a billboard. Hmm. It's just people filmed going through detox. So, okay. well, I know. So, what was that like for you? For me, it wasn't that bad. I did sleep for five days. Mm-hmm. I was detoxing from alcohol. Yeah. Uh, so, I did have the shakes. Um, did, does train spotting exaggerate it? Oh yeah, train spotting. You it's ever a seen movie. A train spotting with? No, I have not seen that movie. Okay, well, this is about go... Taylor. This is not about fiction. Well, <laughs> well, they go, they go, they go, they go into Taylor. the whole thing of like uh, detoxing <laughs> and what it does to. Uh... Oh, we have a new subscriber. Thank you, Andrew Byers, for subscribing. Thank you, Andrew Byers. Oh, hi, hi Andrew. sup? Thanks no, for subscribing. I'm... Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Yay! Taylor's here. Stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so detox. I bet this was the hardest part for you. What like helped you through that time? That's like, like five days. Talking? Yeah. Well, I five days. I was asleep most of the time. Yeah. So definitely that sleep. I haven't had that much sleep in probably seven years. So oh, yeah. that was great. But it's awesome. Yeah. Um. But. Definitely knowing that I don't want to go through that again, and also seeing seeing people around me that are in worse states, like people who obviously drank more than me in the state that they're in, like they can't walk without a walker. We and there... for them going through like that detox, and they're able to walk again. Yeah, without it. And I like that you brought that up because in IOP, you lost all of your stuff, but I still have all my books. So Taylor and I were like reviewing all of our (laughs) stuff, all of our stuff. (laughs) And um, were you there when that uh, girl, I think her name was Kaylee, the ambulance came to pick her up. She had a seizure because she was detoxing at IOP. What? Yeah. So like, I'm just happy that you didn't have to go through that. Kind of situation. Oh no, no, I'd feel it, yeah, right away. And when I decided to go, and I even told my dad like a week prior. Sorry, apology jar. <gasps> Why don't we have an apology? It takes a little getting getting used to. Yeah, it does. Um, You're good. You're good. <laughs> Again, I went to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dad, I think I need to go to rehab. Yeah. I oh shit. Have a problem. Yeah. This is like two weeks after IOP getting out of IOP. Wow. Yeah. I thought you're, you have um, the perception of, uh, like, something. Perception. Like, you um, basically are a functioning alcoholic. 
kind basically, of thing. Basically, yeah, like. basically, you know, like, like a functioning functioning person with mental health stuff. Yeah. Because when you left IOP, like I really thought you were okay, but also you like missed a lot. So I knew you were going through stuff, but yes. we weren't close enough yet, so no. I couldn't really like ask um, you. Almost every time I showed up, I was waking up drunk. Yeah. So I was probably definitely feeling the come mm-hmm. down from the alcohol. Yeah. Like the so like not really sobering up, just the I need to go get a drink now. Right. I feel like I need some hair of the dog. I, I yeah. can't imagine what that's because I I don't drink I don't I've never like I've had maybe two three beers in my life yeah wow. uh, and I've never smoked a cigarette not once and it's like I can't yeah. I can't uh, I'm trying I'm gonna stop it so you know stop yeah, it I got this little doohickey right here what the um, yeah I got the I got the Nicorette gum. Oh, yeah. oh, Shout out, mom! Oh God, it gives me such a. Bust. But I can't Sorry, imagine. Johnny, go ahead. I, I can't even begin to fathom <laughs> what it's like to be so dependent on something that it affects you physically when you're trying to um, stop it. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know, I, I, I know people that tried to give up smoking cigarettes and they went to vaping and they did all that. And um, it's just wild to me how the human brain works and how like something can become <laughs> such a control it's... over your life. You know, it's like crazy. Like when I try to get off cigarettes, it's like an anxiety overdrive. Oh God! Right? Yes, yeah. I've been dealing with that, and oh, I'm on man. what three a day now? Oh, after God. half a pack a day. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Paige. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, working I on it. A pack a day for a wow. good year. So, wow! Whoa! Yeah, like those. The pack that you would see me in IOP. That yeah. was from the night before when I would get it. Holy fuck. And there would probably be four left. I would smoke oh. like 15 in a night. Also, Do you still everybody. Smoke now? Occasionally, yeah. Um, Taylor is 24. Turn 24 in January. Yeah. So, if you are listening to this podcast and you think you are too young or too old to like make a change in your life, you're, you're not. Never too young or too old. No, you're never no. too young. Especially regarding your mental health or like your life build like work on a life worth living like that's what we talked about in IOP this all of this all this podcast is is to decrease suffering because pain is pain and as a human you're going to experience pain but we can decrease suffering through things like this I think it's my mom my mom's on the call is she she on a phone call and it's like super loud I think my mom's talking to her boyfriend all right, so boyfriend. <laughs> Hello, um, boyfriend. Last question for you, Taylor. Oh wow! <laughs> and do you have any advice or guidance that you might have wanted to instill in yourself before going through this whole process? Like knowing what you know now, how would you tell Taylor before, or what would you tell her? Reach out. Fuck it, check in. Yeah, just reach out for Christ's sakes. Like, yeah. just do it. You mm-hmm. know, like, stop it now. Find out. Let's like this. Yeah. yeah. Or friends. Like, I was serious when I met everyone in IOP. I still have everyone's contact information. It's yeah, fucking, yeah. like, everywhere in here. Of yes. Oh, you had, like, multiple different notebooks. I know, I right? a new notebook every day. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, also, real quick. Uh, just to kind of add to that, 
the radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to do this in our moment for mindfulness here in a minute. Um, so I'm going to take what Taylor has said and kind of condense it because she's been so open and so honest. And I'm so appreciative because your story yeah. is going to resonate with people, especially those who are in yeah. like living with you and you were brave enough to come on the show. And I so appreciate it. Hell yeah. She come back on. All right. So radical acceptance is tolerating the state of something big or small. Um, And number one, try to solve the problem. Number two, try to change how you perceive the problem. Number three, accept the situation. Radically accept the situation for what it is. Check the facts. You can stay miserable. <laughs> Your mom just commented. I was trying to see how much lag from real to live. Sorry. Thanks, big mom. Smiley, big smiley face. Thanks, Sherry Whalen. Shout out, Sherry Whalen. Shout and out. And number four, like Taylor said, you could stay miserable. All right. So for our moment of mindfulness, we're going to do um, a little bit of radical acceptance. So moment of mindfulness. Remember we used to do this in IOP? Oh, gosh. I know, yes. right? I did it every day in treatment as well. It's the best. It really is. I got a little tired of it after a while. I know, right? (laughs) Love it. Okay. Some days I just don't want to be mindful. No. God, it really is so hard. That's why, like, Donnie and I talk, like, every time we do this podcast, it's kind of like a little bit of therapy because I'm like, I need to do my fucking mindfulness exercise. Yeah. And that, maybe that's not a great way to go into a mindfulness exercise. Like, fuck it, I got to be mindful. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's, let's bring it in. So okay. unless you're driving... Don't close your eyes. I last podcast. Yes, last the podcast. I was like, if you're driving, just close your eyes. <laughs> and I watched it again. I was like, whoa, housekeeping. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't close your eyes. I didn't get I know, <laughs> right? Okay, so we're going to center ourselves. Take a deep breath in. Last time we sm- talked about half smiling and willing <laughs> hands. Yes, this is always how it starts. <laughs> With laughter. I just remember the Grinch meme. Oh, my God. I know, right? Taylor, put your hands on the table. Half smiling, willing hands. Eyes closed. Okay. This is a mindfulness practice for radical acceptance step by step. So, one, listen to your breath. Breathe in. And out. Observe what you're feeling. Are you questioning or fighting reality because it shouldn't be this way? Remind yourself that the unpleasant reality is just as it is. This is what happened. Again, check the facts. Remind yourself that there are causes for this reality. Acknowledge that some sort of history led up to this very moment. Consider how people's lives have shaped them. Notice that the given occurrence causes how history led up to this moment This reality had to occur in just this way. This is how things happened, and this is how it made them this way. So practice accepting with your whole self, focusing on your breath, with your mind, body, and spirit. Be creative in finding ways to involve your whole self. Use accepting self-talk, a non-judgmental stance. Lift yourself up. But also consider using tip skills like relaxation Half-smiling and willing hands, of course. While thinking about what feels, una- what feels good. 
and go to a place in your mind that helps bring you to radically accept your situation and being mindful of that situation. Now, with that, we're going to acknowledge that life is worth living, even when there's pain. And notice that given the choice, it is better to live with pain than it is to live in suffering. So let's bring ourselves back to the Wanapod. We can make a, a real big grin now. So I pass my leg. All right. My favorite I part. I know how to stay still. Oh, uh, God. You're so, I know. I'm really making weird faces throughout the entire thing. No, it's okay. Like, every time we do it in IOP during our mindful instructions, I'd be like, squinting, like, what's everyone doing? It's like, ah. Uh. Yeah, All right. So, you remember this. Mastery, self-soothe, positive. Can you explain those again? Oh, my God. You don't remember. Girl, you were drunk. <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I was. I can admit it. I was. Recovery. Uh, Go, Taylor. Recovery is great. Yes. It does save lives. It, it does. Amazing. And it saved your life. It did. So it happy did. you're here. And it saved a bunch of other people's lives. Too. Yeah. So at the end of the show, every day we do a mastery. What you need to do in the next 24 hours. Self-soothe. What you're going to do in the next 24 hours to soothe yourself after you complete the mastery. And then a positive. What was a positive that happened today that you want to share? All right. I can go first if you want. Yeah, you go first. Okay. <laughs> Mastery for the next 24 hours is to start talking to Donnie about next steps for the podcast. Don't look around. You know what's up. Uh, we told you we'd be coming to the campus to interview students about mental health, so be on the lookout. Yeah, we got to get the schedule. We got to get the schedule together. Yeah, we're going to be – hell yeah. You do whatever you want. Like, if anyone's to volunteer, um, if you want to know, like, what's going on, where we're going to be, um, we'll probably put that on the Facebook or email wearenoalamo at gmail.com if you would like to volunteer. Coming and to get a involved. campus near you. No, coming gonna, to a campus near you. We're going to have some microphones, yeah. some cameras. We're going to yeah. have some snacks. Snacks? What kind of snacks? Probably goldfish, because that's our thing. Like On our first podcast, we had goldfish. I, uh, I think snacks. I should choose the snacks, because your goldfish are just boring. God damn it. I love goldfish. I can't even eat the goldfish, because I'm a celiac. That was for you. You don't I'm like goldfish. I'm all about Doritos. <laughs> oh my god, why didn't you tell me? Doritos. Or Pringles. Sour cream and onion Pringles. Uh, anyway. You guys deal with it, right? All right, self-soothe. <laughs> After that mastery. Ashley? Shout out Ashley, our art director. Hey. She gave me some Lush products. Oh my god! And this face mask. You're uh, wearing one right now. Yeah. Peel it off. That's not, that's not that's like the worst sound effect. Why would you make that sound? I mean, to people <laughs> just is- listening, I am now like an old woman, like a witch, like on Game of Thrones. What's her name? Anyway, whatever. Don't talk about Game of Thrones. I haven't Pla- seen it yet. All right. Everyone dies. Whatever. Positive. Oh. Hold Spoilers, on, hold on. everyone dies. Everyone dies. Posi- positive today. Okay. Uh, Matthew and I got up all of our uh, Christmas decorations, and it is yeah. so beautiful in our home, and it's just so nice. Okay. So Matthew's such a Grinch. He No, he's not. He is. Okay, your turn. It's a bald Grinch. Yes. All right, mastery for the next 24 hours. I love him, though. Shout out to Matt. Okay. Shout out, Matt. 
Yeah. You gonna find your car keys? It's always important. Bag somewhere. I know my car locked, so they're obviously on me. It's very, it's very important. Huh? I said it's very important. Cars are cars are important. You can't drive without keys. That's true. I mean, you can if you want to hotwire a car. (laughs) Self soothe. This has always been hard for you. It has. It really has. Like, at the end of IOP, Taylor was always like, mm-hmm. Uh, I, hate, I hate myself that's... still, so <laughs> self-soothe is going to be a positive. Are you kidding I think, me? <laughs> I, think, I think I said shower for most of myself. Oh, my God, you did. You did. You're like, <laughs> I have to take a shower because I've been depressed too long. Oh my God! Self soothe shower. Shout out showering every day. So. Yes. <laughs> All right. Positive. I'm positive. You're positive today. Oh man. I. Oh man. I'm positive. There's so many things that are positive. Oh my God! So good I'm to hear sober. you say that. I'm sober. It's a positive. Everybody. I'm still sober. Let's give Taylor a round of applause, Donnie. Oh. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just so proud of you after not seeing. Like I was telling Taylor when it, when she got out of her car, like when we were in IOP, we were dead. all so sick. We were all yeah. so sick, and like you could just see it. And now seeing Gail like four months later, and then seeing you like eight ten months later, and just. We are. We found our baseline, and we found these friendships where it's like, "fuck it, check in." And as soon as I called, you were like, "What is up?" And I'm like, "Yes, this is what I wanted." So I love it. Good job. All right, Donnie, your turn. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna do something different this time around. (laughs) All right. Uh, I want to try this at the end of every podcast. I'm gonna read something for people, and then I want them to kind of listen to it, and then I'm gonna say what I'm working on. Perfect. Okay, Okay, so. Here's like a little thing to leave off with. People are illogical, unreasonable, and even self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. But do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. But be honest and frank anyway. The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. People favor underdogs, but follow only top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight, but build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you, need, if you do help them. Help them anyway. Give the world the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. Yeah. And um, what really I'm working good, on Thank you. is uh, I'm working on making sure that the audio gets better and better with every podcast that we do. So. And what was your positive today? What? What was your positive? Positive. Positive. Uh, uh, well, I've been recently working a new job and um, got a promotion really quickly. Congratulations, so, Donnie. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We but love at the same time, it. I had to fire somebody already, so that was weird. Um, yeah, well, I feel like firing people would be fun. <laughs> Taylor, it's not as it's not as fun as you like, think. Especially... I've been through more than you. Firing's fine. Like you'll be fine. <laughs> but uh, Just go yeah. on with your so, life. <laughs> that's 
so bad. Um, that so sucks, yeah, dog, positive. I'm but sorry. at the same time, it was like, but it was also, it was also, I, I learned something out of it. Yeah, you know, I learned about a lot about yourself. What's up about yourself? Yeah, I, I learned that. Uh, okay. You sometimes being like honest and. I mean, the guy that if I he freaked out, of course, at first, uh, I, I think I handled it pretty well. But then he called back and apologized and kind of understood why I had to do what I had to do. Right. So it kind of gave me hope in humanity, so to speak. Yeah. It wasn't like a very, very like, oh, I hate your guts. You, you had to fire me because I was like, hey, man, I'm new I'm manager here now. Like, I, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, like, uh, but I was like, I got your back or whatever. So it was a whole big thing. But, um, yeah. Got through it. Grit. Yeah. Hashtag grit. All right, everybody. Yeah. Taylor, thank you again for being here. It's so good to see you. And she's going to be back, guys. She's going to be yes, out I and about. Am. I will be back. Being that's we live in. I'll be back. I'll be back. All right. Until next week, this has been Wannapod Wednesday. And Wanna remember, Live. Wanna Live. Remember, you're not alone because we, we are, are no, no Alamo. Alamo. Take care. Bye. Ciao Bye. Now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> still does, still going. <laughs>